You're listening to the Gates Church Podcast. For more information or to support this ministry, please visit thegates.org. You want to turn with me to Jude 1, 24 to 25. It's a really short passage this morning, but it's full of lots of good stuff. And we're going to talk about how it lines up with Christmas. So Jude 1, 24 to 25. It says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we could be here this morning. And I thank you that the reason that we, that we can be here this morning is because of Christmas, Lord, because you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to die for our sins, to reconcile us with you, Lord God. And so I thank you. Thank you so much for what you've done for us. I thank you so much for the love and the grace that you've poured out on us through Jesus, Lord. And we just come here this morning wanting to learn more about you, about who you are, and about who we are in you, Lord God. And so I pray that just as we go through your word this morning, that, that um, you would just write it on our hearts, Lord God, that we would um, yeah, just be more and more molded into your image, Lord. We praise your name. Amen. Amen. So I don't know if you guys are on Facebook. Some of you are. I know that. And sometimes Facebook reminds you of like a post, something you posted in the past. And this week, Facebook reminded me of a video that I posted four years ago. And it was of my wife, Audrey, helping our youngest son, Elliot. It would have been just one at the time. And she was helping him take his first steps ever. And obviously, it was super cute because um, my kids are super cute. Uh, and so is Audrey. So the whole thing. Um, but anyways, like most kids just learning to walk, uh, he, he was only able to take like a few like awkward steps, right? And then, and then he would start to fall over, right? Um, but guess whose arms were there to catch him, uh, to prevent him from face planting into the floor, right? His mom's. His mom's arms were there. In fact, her arms were always waiting within inches of him, right, since she let him go to take those few steps, always waiting, surrounding him with her, with her arms to keep him from stumbling, waiting to get him back on his feet and get him balanced so that he can try again. And this is a simple but powerful image of what God does for us. He keeps us from stumbling. Or to put it more clearly, he keeps us from reverting back to who we were before we were saved by grace in Christ. John eleven nine to 10 says, Jesus answered, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble, because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone walks in the night, he stumbles, because the light is not in him. We all know what it's like to try to walk around in the dark, right? You know, um, tripping over things. You know, if you have kids especially, there's toys all over the floor, right? Or if you're just messy, there's, you know, 
your toys all over the floor, your clothes or whatever, right? Uh, you know, and, and we're always waving our arms around in front of us, trying trying not to run in a wall, and we're losing our sense of direction, right? And we're not sure if that thing in front of us is a coat hook or a serial killer, right? Uh, that's what it's like to walk around in the dark, right? And And that's what we all look like spiritually without Christ, right? We're spiritually wandering around in the darkness. We're, we're trying, to, trying to find our way, trying to, to hide our sin, trying to find hope or purpose somewhere, but we're lacking both of those things, and we're, and we're tripping, and we're stumbling over our pride and our temptations and our fear, and we're just following the course of the world. We're, we're following the, the lies of the evil one, and we're not even aware of it most of the time. But Jesus, he came to redeem us from that state. He came to to free us from that slavery and that bondage to sin. He came into the world to bring us out of darkness and into his glorious light. The light of life, the light of his kingdom of peace with God. Freedom from our guilt. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6 says, For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So before, we were in the darkness without God, and now in Jesus Christ, we're in the light with God. But what happens when we stumble? What happens happens is that we submit ourselves once again to the yoke of slavery, where we once walked, we, we trip or we fall, or sometimes we even dive right back into the darkness. Maybe we give in to some temptation, right? Or we get suckered in by the words of some false teachers, or maybe in our confusion or, 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 or self-centeredness or a hurt, we might become lazy or, or doubtful, discouraged in our faith. Or maybe, and this is a big one, maybe we... we revert back to, to legalism, right? We, we, we start thinking that we have to save ourselves or earn God's favor by doing enough good works. Whatever it is, we all have a tendency to stumble in our faith because we can't do it on our own. We all have a tendency to look unto something else for satisfaction or something else to worship either than the King of Kings. As the song Come Thou Fount Humbly and aptly puts it, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And that's why the Apostle Paul, he's pleading with the the Galatians because they're in the midst of stumbling. He pleads with them in Galatians 5, 1 and 7, when he says, For freedom Christ has set us free. You've been set free. He's saying, so stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? He's saying you were doing so good. You're doing so good, not only learning to walk in faith, but running in faith and loving obedience in Christ. So don't, re- don't revert back to who you are. Don't reshackle or, or handcuff yourselves back to the bondage of sin and the law, to self-centeredness, to, to love of money or to idols or to empty religion or sexual immorality or whatever it is. No matter what anyone says, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're feeling, walk in the freedom you've been freely given. In fact, turn away from whatever it is that's making you stumble and turn to him who can keep you from stumbling. 
And first and foremost, that's a reminder for us that we can't do it on our own, right? That in order to keep ourselves from stumbling and keep ourselves from reverting back to our old sinful nature, we need to constantly be looking to Jesus. We need to constantly look unto the king who brought us out of slavery. We didn't bring ourselves out of slavery. He brought us out of slavery. We need to be looking to him. We need to trust in the one who's got his loving hands outstretched towards us in order to keep us secure and catch us when we fall. So how do we how do we look to him? How do we look unto him? Well, there's many ways we can look unto him. Number one, by being constant in prayer. Constant in prayer. Spending time with him, listening to him, asking him. Another one is constant in reading his word. Constant in acknowledging him in all things with thankfulness. Constant in walking in the spirit and in loving obedience. And constant in worshiping with other believers. That's how we look unto him. And if we're living lives like that, constantly aware of God's presence... And stumbling won't even be an option, right? Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And on that note, we can't help but be reminded, especially as we go through the Advent season, right, where we're talking about the King coming into the world, we can't help but be reminded that the reason that, that He's always there, that He's always ready and waiting to keep us from stumbling, is because He's the eternal King. It's because he's the eternal king. Let me explain. I think we often focus more at Christmas on the fact that he's, he's the king who came to dwell on earth with his people and set the captives free, right, by living and, and dying on the cross. And when we talk about those things, and we talk about how he came as a baby, and, and we're, we're focusing on Isaiah 9, verse 6, really. But there's a bigger picture than that. Isaiah 9, 7 continues that picture when it, when it says, Of the increase... Of his government and of peace, there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. So yes, Jesus, the Messiah, he came into the world on that first Christmas day to both establish his kingdom But this is an important part as well. He came also to uphold it forevermore. So Advent isn't just about the king who leads his people into freedom, right? If you read through the Old Testament, how often does the king lead his people into freedom? But then they stumble back into the darkness. They stumble back into rebellion against God. But Advent is more than that. Advent is about the king who came to set them free and then reign with them forever in order to keep them free forever, which is incredible. So why should we look unto the king? Because, yes, he alone has overcome the power of sin and death at the cross for us. But in addition to that, we look unto him because he sits at the right hand of God and his authority and his reign will never end. He reigned before time, he reigns now, and he'll reign forever. And why is his reigning forever significant? Because as long as his reign never ends, God's love for his people will never end. 
1 Corinthians 13, verse 8, tells us what love is when it says, Love never ends. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they'll cease. As for knowledge, it will pass away. Right? Everything else ends, but love never ends. So Advent then is, is this incredibly deep expression of God's endless love for us. And that's good news for us, because as long as his love never ends, then nothing can separate us from it. Nothing can separate us from his love. Brad prayed that already this morning, which is awesome. In fact, like the whole worship set, it was like an order of my sermon. It was weird, but not weird, supernatural. So if his reign never ends and his love never ends for us, that means he'll always be with us, right? Interceding for us, making sure for eternity that we don't stumble back into the place that we've been saved from. He'll be there to make sure that we remain in his love. He'll make sure that we're walking in his presence and in his light with joy no matter what we face in this life. And he's filled us with the spirit to ensure this truth within us that nothing, that nothing can separate us from his love. Romans eight thirty four to 39. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us, who shall separate us from the love of, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing will be able to separate us from God's love, not even death itself. Because Jesus reigns. Nothing will be able to make us stumble when we're looking to the king. In other words, when Jesus came into the world at Christmas, that's God basically wrapping his arms around his people, around us, and saying, I've got you. I'll never let you go. Never let you go. This King, this Jesus, this salvation, it's eternal. It's forever. And we can experience and live in that forever right now because he reigns right now and his spirit dwells within us right now. So in your struggles and your temptations and your faith and all these things that we're unable to overcome and face on our own, turn to the King who is able now and for all eternity. But here's my question to you all this morning. What, why does he do it? Why does he keep us from stumbling? Why does he continually pick us up when we fall, when, when we mess up, and when we make mistakes, and when we turn away from him? Because he loves us, right? Sure. Absolutely, because he loves us. But more specifically than that, 
And certainly because of his love is the wonderful truth that God sees us as more than just our mistakes. He sees us as as more than just sinners needing salvation. When he sees us, he sees us for who we're created to be. And he desires to restore that in us. And that's a huge reason why Jesus came into the world. He wants us to become who we're meant to be. We often make the mistake, I think, of, of just looking to Jesus as kind of an accountability partner. Right, that we call on when we're facing some crisis or some temptation too difficult for us to, to fight. So we call on him so he can help us not to stumble or to give into it or whatever, which is good. In those moments, we should be calling and looking unto him to keep us from stumbling. Right, That's what we talked about. But Jesus didn't come into the world only to enable us to stop sinning. That's only part of the battle, and it's way better than that. It's way better than that. He came into the world so that we could become glorious. So that we could become who we're created to be. Heirs to the throne of God. Children of God. Right? So, for example, going back to the example of my wife. Why do, you think, why do we think my wife was so patient and ready to help Elliot as he learned to walk? Why do you think she was, she was willing to keep her arms out, you know, surrounding him and, and to continually pick him up or catch him each and every time he fell? Not because she had to, but because she saw his potential to be more than just a baby crawling around on the floor. Right? As as his mom, she sees his potential that he can grow up and learn to walk and mature and become a man of God. And therefore, is ready and willing to keep him from stumbling in that moment so that he can keep on walking, so that he can keep on growing and maturing. And becoming who he's meant to be. And that's why through Jesus, God keeps us from stumbling. It's not about just not sinning. It's so that we can keep on growing and maturing and being sanctified. He keeps us in his love and in his presence so that we can be made like him. So that we can be made holy as he is holy. So he keeps us from stumbling, yes but in order that we can continue to walk in the Spirit and grow in our faith. So we can grow in our relationship with Him. I don't know about you, but I think that's, that's incredible. That's amazing. I think we often think that, that being a Christian is about not sinning. No, being a Christian is about growing in Christ-likeness. I think it's amazing that through Christ, God sees and, and he knows our potential. He knows who we've been called to be. He, he knows the gifts and the purpose and the callings that he's given us, right? He wants to draw those things out of us and give purpose to those things in advancing his kingdom and glorifying his name. Jesus came into the world at Christmas not only to save us, but make us eternally new. I love that. He's, he's not as a distant king who's sitting on his throne eating grapes and charging taxes, right? Even though he's the king of all things. He's the king of kings and lord of lords, but yet he's actively participating in each of our lives. He's reaching out his hand to keep us from stumbling and to make us like him. Blameless in the presence of his glory. 
What does that mean for us individually? What, what does it mean to look unto the king and to experience and know the loving embrace of God? Well, first, it means that we can overcome. First John five fourteen and 18 says, For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. We know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who was born of God protects him, and the evil one does not touch him. What does this mean? It means that in Christ, all the things that we used to be subject to, we're now freed from. We're not subject to those things anymore. Our selfish desires, our temptations, our anger, our greed, deception, the list goes on. We're no longer subject to those things, which means, no, you don't have to click on that link. No, you don't have to drink that, right? No, you don't have to remain bitter. No, you don't have to lose your temper because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Since Jesus reigns, we have reign over anything that would keep us from knowing and following God. No matter what we face, no matter what or who tries to cause us to stumble, we don't have to. We have the power to overcome, to be more than conquerors over it all. When we turn to the one who is able, we can overcome. Second, it means that whatever we're called into, he'll be there to guide us. And whenever we're facing trials and going through suffering, he's there to more than just comfort us. It means that through him we can stay on the right path. It means we can persevere, we can keep walking in faith, we can succeed in our calling. All with the knowledge that through it all, God's continually preparing us and perfecting us and molding us into who we're created to be. James 1, 2 to 4 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So the more we look to him who is able, the more we can persevere in faith, and the more we become like him. Third, this means that we're always always loved. Like for, many, for many people, Christmas is a time where we gather together with friends and family and we get to be reminded of all the people that, that love us and all the people that we love and it's awesome and it's, and it's great. But for many others, Christmas is only a time to remember those that aren't there anymore. Right? The family they've lost. It can be a, it can be a sad time. Or for others, it's a deeper reminder of their loneliness because they don't have anyone to celebrate this, this joyful time with. And so a lot of people feel unloved at Christmas. But again, in Christ, love never ends. So as we look unto him who reigns and point people to that love, we have one who, who lovingly empathizes with us, but even more than that, we have a king who can give us victory over our loneliness, who can give us victory over our depression, over our hopelessness, because he is love and he is with us, and nothing can separate us from that. And finally, as we look unto him who is able, we can show the world this truth, this good news with boldness. 
right? Because as we experience and proclaim his, his supernatural and eternal love, as we walk in victory and with joy and, and unexplainable hope in this world, and as we deny the things of the world for the things that God has for us, then certainly the world will know it's because Jesus reigns. Second Corinthians 2, 14. I love this verse. But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. Why? Because he always reigns. Right? He always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. So as we overcome the world, we simultaneously show the world God's eternal love. That's what Christmas is all about, right? That's what Jesus came to do and did, overcome the world and show the world God's love. So before I close this morning, and since this is the last Sunday morning service of 2016, I wanted to say that I, I feel like for, for many of us, this year or parts of the year have felt like we're barely holding on. For many of us, we're just trying not to stumble. We're just trying not to fall. We're just trying not to give in or give up, whether it's spiritually or, or financially, mentally, physically. So I want to say that, that whatever it is, whatever we've gone through or, or are still going through, I want to say, be encouraged. Be encouraged. Because while I can't say that 2017 will be void of challenges and struggles, you know what? It probably won't be. But what I can say, and I will say with confidence, is that if we're looking to Christ It doesn't have to be a year of just barely holding on. It doesn't have to be a year of just trying not to stumble. Rather, it can be a year of joyful perseverance, a year of overcoming anything in our path, a year of walking in triumphal procession or of becoming closer to God and becoming more and more like who we're created to be because of or in spite of anything that's thrown at us. Because we belong to a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Because we know and we reign with the one eternal king. Because he has overcome. We can overcome. So let us now then, and continually into the new year, look unto and receive that king who is able to keep us from stumbling who is able to present us as blameless before his presence with glory and great joy because he reigns forever, because he reigns forevermore.